Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Of course, he miscalculated, though. It wasn't Dan so much Marjorie Taylor Greene that went after him, although she did. There were no pictures shown. <laughs> I was waiting for that. He deserves it. What a dope. He just, oh, dare you, my <laughs> privacy. But do we have the uh, reporter out there, because they wouldn't take questions, asking him when he gets high, what type of crack does he recommend? I'll have it here in uh, 10 seconds. Okay. And here. I think this is the question of the century. And I thought Hunter Biden was about ready to answer it. Why not? Chief, please, I'll answer your question if you be quiet and let me make a statement, okay? What crack do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? Let me- <laughs> got to track that guy and find that guy and get that guy. I mean, are there really different variants of crack cocaine? I thought it was all, you know, yeah, a little bit not, different. Not, than not co- my expertise there. Yeah. I, I mean, if we have a crack cocaine expert out there, I mean, probably. Um, I'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> not in our audience. All right. And we have uh, Nancy Mace, of all people. Look, I know Nancy Mace is a bit of a rhino at times, but she's pretty aggressive. And with Hunter Biden sitting there, even though he wasn't sworn in or whatever, they started asking him questions. Here's a little bit more of how it sounded with Hunter Biden. Excuse me, Hunter. Apparently, you're afraid of my words. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> oh. I'd like to reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman. Wow, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. I think it's clear and obvious for everyone watching this hearing today that Hunter Biden is terrified of strong conservative Republican women. Uh, because he can't story. even <laughs> face my words as I was about to speak to him. What a coward. And this is also a coward that sat right here in front of Mickey Babbitt, actually Babbitt's mother. Let me make a statement. What crack do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? Let me start again. Hunter Biden was and is a private citizen. Despite this, Republicans have sought to use him as a surrogate to attack his father. And despite their improper partisan motives. Look, I have clean hands on this. Uh, I get it. I get I should be saying, yes, let's go after Hunter Biden to get to the father. No, I admit it once and for all. I so despise this guy. And, And Nancy Mays said exactly what I say. You are the face of privilege. This is it right here. That smug, stupid, non-artistic face. Hunter Biden. He's going down this time, though. He, he is going to go to jail around this contempt and the whole thing. This, is, this uh, stunt today, this is putting more pressure on the Republicans because the base of Republicans are saying, you're probably saying, when are they going to do something? All right, well, today, you know, they have all the... Things, bells and whistles you have to go through. Today was to determine, to set this up, why he's got to testify in private first, etc. And then move forward. So it's underway. It's glacial, the pace, but it is underway. And this uh, stunt today, I think, will not. Uh, I'm not. I think Hunter Biden's the one that probably wanted this. I can't imagine the White House wanting this. That's it. Go and have a showdown with them here. You know, and then walk out and don't answer questions or screaming at you at the same time. <laughs> and Nancy Mace is Sounds a little bit stupid. different than uh, than uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. They both got in some pretty good shots here. Of course, Jamie Raskin threw himself in front of the train as he usually does. 
to try to prevent any damage here. But Hunter Biden strutting around. Anybody normal's got to say, you know, enough already with this punk. The Trump sons and Ivanka, they had to testify in the fraud case. They're not saying we're going to do it under this circumstance or whatever. They can't. And the same thing should happen here. All right, phone lines are 855-839-1210. That's how you get in. AT&T and Verizon Wireless, all you have to do is just push pound 12. Um, first of all, my first question is who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question. Um, second question, you are the epitome of white privilege coming into the oversight committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here. And- M- Mr. Chairman, point of inquiry. If the gentle lady wants to hear from Hunter Biden, we can hear from him right now, Mr. Chairman. Let's take a vote and hear from Hunter Biden. What are you afraid of? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Order, order, order. Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Are women allowed to speak in here? Order. Order. The women stuff. Come on, that's a little bit too much now, Nancy May. She used the woman card there. I get it. Skillfully played. Point of inquiry. Point of inquiry. That was Raskin? Was that Raskin? I don't know. I'm not sure who the chair is of this committee. <laughs> was this unknown male in the uh, transcript? <laughs> All right. So uh, the battle uh, continues here unabated. Um, 855-839-1210. Now, Dan, we asked to get on the attorneys for the young guy who sadly was knifed to death due to Larry Krasner in part. I don't care what people on Twitter are coming after me saying, how dare you, and his lack of law and order. And we got a response back from, they're going to come on probably tomorrow. And they sent you a lengthy response. We think maybe they were listening or somebody told them what we were talking about. Right? Yeah. So they're jammed up at the litigation today. Um, I don't know. We haven't got any commitment of the future interview, but I I think it will happen. They they seem very open to it. Uh, response uh, from one of the attorneys says, as far as the civil litigation goes, what we filed is a precursor to a formal complaint. As it stands now, there are no former formal allegations of civil negligence of wrongful death against anyone. What we have filed gives us the legal means by which to investigate possible civil culpability. That means that the parties can remain the same. Some may be added, some may be dropped as the investigation proceeds. We can now demand documents that the current parties and issue subpoenas on non-parties. Okay. So, look, this guy was an example, a great example. His family seems like a really good family. But the idea of where they're going here with Macy's and pointing out that now Macy's has two cops there. Well, they're not going to have two cops there forever. It's obvious they're there uh, just because of what's happened. You can't put two cops in every department store. Dan, here's a question. I resent the fact that there are two cops over at Macy's now. How about you? Because yeah. that's yeah. two fewer cops out there patrolling, protecting you and me. Do Macy's customers get special treatment now because the heat is on because of Krasner? No, there shouldn't be two cops there at Macy's. I mean, think of all the department stores in downtown Philadelphia and the other. How, how about in the uh, places in high crime, the shopping districts there in Kensington at all? Do they have a cop standing there? I, I, Should every store have a cop? Wasn't there one point in recent history where uh, there's only one cop for an entire ward? Like, yeah. we're so so light yeah, on staff exactly. here in the Philadelphia yeah. policing and, and recruitment's exactly. so low. So so we're taking two of those cops away to put them into Macy's because we can't just tell the truth and call shots how they are? I, I don't agree with that. Yeah, 250 um, uh, offenses, they say. It's, how's that Macy's fault? 
They're not doing anything wrong with this. There's nothing wrong that they did. They don't have to take extraordinary means. If every business has to take extraordinary means and have cops there, where does this end? No, I I truly mean that. There shouldn't be two cops at Macy's. There shouldn't be two cops stuck in any one department store in the city. That should be unnecessary. We know what the problem is. That's who you ought to sue. That's who you ought to go after. Now, uh, tomorrow we may hear from Curtis Sliwa in New York. I think he's got even more energy now leading a protest against migrants in the sanctuary city. I looked at this, and even for what uh, progressives do, New York, this is the Biden administration in a nutshell. Told kids, told kids they're off until further notice because of the weather, which for once, weather people determined not to be overhyping. It was bad yesterday here and in New York. So they took people from a tent city from the Floyd Bennett field. They moved them into a high school in Brooklyn, and they told the 2,000 students, don't come in today and until further notice, you're going to learn remotely. And uh, the number of people showing up there, particularly this one blonde woman screaming at people on the bus and the whole deal, this, even in New York, and uh, Sleo and the others are saying, well, you voted for Democrats. What do you expect? Why do you keep on voting for Democrats and then you get nuts? But think about this. We know any responsible person, and I would tell you with expertise as a former teacher and education analyst, the learning loss is unbelievable that kids have had, particularly those that weren't doing so well before even. Now, yesterday, Fauci testified and it, he leaked out. He thinks it's being overblown. Fauci, Dan, uh, the learning loss that's out there due to COVID shutdowns. Really, I'd love to debate him. <laughs> Can you imagine? This guy thinks the learning loss is, is being overblown. But you cannot, I don't care what the circumstances are, you can't shut down a school. Not only that, people in the neighborhood there in Brooklyn are saying, and rightfully so, we don't know these people. Who are they? Two of them just got arrested for murder, stabbing Another illegal immigrant over on the, uh, it's not Rikers, it's one of the, at Randall's Island, I think. So do you want these people in your neighborhood wandering off there last night? No. Who wants that there? Stop voting for Democrats. That's what it comes down to. Why is that so hard to see? Republicans are not going to do that to you. Democrats, when push comes to shove, that's exactly what they're going to do. So this is really the face of the Biden, where we've come with this now. Imagine, you're coming home, and then this is um, not just a high school. I mean, I, I think uh, some of these kids can be relatively young. You may have to have babysitting. What are you going to do with them today? And as far as how long this goes on, you have to put up with it. All right, we are loaded up today. We're going to talk with... Um, Ethan Kay, expert on mail-in balloting, he put this really provocative thing on Twitter yesterday about the American dream and how people think that's not doable anymore, and particularly for their kids. And Dan and I were saying, whoa, I don't think we ought to be saying that. We're also going to talk with this comedian, Dan. I don't know if you remember the story, who was fired from WHYY because of his after-hours comedic stand-up comedy and what he put up on Instagram. Apparently, uh, the court ruled, well, he's funny. (laughs) 
He made a judgment. He's funny. That's what it said. Next case, he's funny. And he's back. He has to go back. They have to bring him back at HYY. Uh, This story caused listeners were all over it uh, when all this went down. And also we have coming up uh, a little bit later today, a guy we really like, Will Heald. He is from Consumer Research. He and others involved won a big victory for us where a, um, not the U.S. Supreme Court, but a circuit court said the Biden people have gone way too far in restricting water flow in your dishwasher. I mean, isn't this a tell of progressives? Is there anybody, Dan, Roe is on me right now. We have, do you have good water flow where you are now? Excellent water flow, oh, yes. Oh, that's it. She's probably listening. It's oh, killing it's so me. great. Yeah. Well, it's going to cost us at least a thousand plus. I'm working Oy. to get a deal here. Oh, no. Yes, to increase. You taking dribble showers over there at the Dom Dome? I don't think they're that bad. But Roe is almost like a fanatic. It's almost like we're in a Slavic country or something where they're fanatical about the water flow in their showers. <laughs> you know what it is? Where we go, where the Giordano Summer White House is, great spot. You've been there. Yeah. The water flow is unbelievable. Oh, she's spoiled oh, at the oh, summer house. Yeah. She takes outdoor showers. It's all, <laughs> And I hear nothing but that. So I have fought it off forever. You know, come on. The water flow is the water flow. Can't you just get like a shower head that does it? Or do you have to do like the whole? Uh, we have a shower head that should do it. We've tried different things. Oh. You know, it is relatively weak. I will propose that as another delaying tactic. You know, this is like till I get to the election. <laughs> And anyhow, um, I'm, I was thinking about that with the dish. I don't care about the dishwasher. If it takes longer, it takes longer, but it doesn't get them as clean. And then there's the gas stove stuff. The constant budding ski into our life, but the worst. I don't think the toilet's the worst. I go with the shower as the worst budding ski. How about you? Yeah, no, the shower's definitely up there, especially the low flow. Or The thing that annoys me are those... Uh, the one drop for the slight flush and the two drops right. for the big flush. I just do the right. big flush every time. I'm a, I, of course. Yeah, you know, uh, I, 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 I should, gotta go against the grain there. I shouldn't have delved into bathroom habits. Yeah. I know that uh, gets no. Yeah, but even yeah. when I go number one, I'm yeah. pressing it for number two just because. Okay. Uh, out of principle, though. <laughs> All right. Uh, but no, it, it's the showers are 100 percent right. I got to suggest there's a. Have you ever seen the ones that go, like, vertically, directly over your head, and they create, like, raindrops almost? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, but it, yeah. the water pressure, I don't think, would matter in that sense. You if, think so, yeah. yeah. if you just took, like, a rain kind of shower and... Yeah, I'm very sensitive to the hair. I don't like getting too much on the hair. Okay. Yeah. Do you I wear like hot water. No. Do you, do you wear a hairnet in the oh, shower? Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. Just make sure. That'd be going a little bit too far. <laughs> now, I... That, that might be a good... That might be a good suggestion, <laughs> particularly now that you mention it. All right, let me give you the side question. What else coming off all this William Penn stuff? We cooked this one up yesterday. It is with, here in the Philadelphia area, they don't have to be a Philadelphia, a statue to whom? Who is it you think is worthy of a statue you'd like to see plunked down in our area? Okay? Uh, and I, I think I, I could look it up too, Dan. The, there was a study done. Of who has the most national statues devoted to them. And I don't think it was... Uh, Washington was up there. It was the Polish general Kajuska... No. Wasn't it Pulaski? It was Pulaski. That's yeah. right. Pulaski was way up there. I mean, think about it. Pulaski had like 60 Us statues. Polish people love our statues. Yeah, yeah. Nationwide. So, um, so it's... Do you want the numbers? 
Yes. It's a number one Abraham Lincoln with 193. Oh, that's it, right. George Washington, number two, 171. Right. Christopher Columbus, number three. Ah, yes. At 149. And then Casimir Pulaski, number seven, with 51 throughout the country. Yeah, I used that on a national show, and nobody got it for three hours. It was nuts. People were hollering at me, that can't be at the end, Pulaski. So in front of Pulaski is Martin Luther King, St. Francis right. of Assisi, and uh, Robert E. Lee. Uh, St. Francis of Assisi would be there because people like the birds to land on. It's like bird feeder statue. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, he was the animals and all that not St. Dominic. You don't hear too much about St. Dominic. And there is no St. Don that I know of. It seems like every Catholic garden has a St. Francis of Assisi. That's right? what I'm talking yeah. about. The birds, yeah. yes. All right. So uh, we're looking for someone who should have a statue. I'm going to take off because every time this comes up, Jim O'Brien, people go back. It's been forever since that horrific accident. But Jim O'Brien is the most beloved media figure maybe of all time. And I'm going to take Brian Dawkins off. Oh, I would I have like a statue that. of Dawkins, and I would have him just a moment where he's crunching you. Uh, just somebody notable who does have a statue. I'd have to look up the location. It's down near the lakes, uh, down near Roosevelt, uh, near the ballpark. Wild Bill Guineer has a statue and certainly deserves. Didn't yeah. you do something with a handicap spot for Wild Bill? Yes. His uh, nephew called me because they were... Take, uh, they were towing his vehicle, even though he had a sign because of his stature that he could keep it there. They were taking it down and taking the vehicle. And he says, you're talking with Dom Giordano. Now we'll see what you hear that back and forth. And I'm telling the guy, right, this is Dom Giordano. Do I have to come down there? Well, within 48 hours, Philadelphia City Council Mark Squiwa passed a bill saying you could not wow. take those signs down for war heroes. But imagine telling a guy, Danny, saying, yeah, I got a toolbox here. We'll see what happens. Seems like the law needs to be made that you can't take down handicap signs for war heroes. It seems like a... I know, a special bill, and they did that one pretty quickly. It wasn't much to beat. All right, who would you say there should be a statue? Sticking to? with the news theme that you have, uh, just retired, but uh, very uh, written in the fabric of Philadelphia at this point, and 6ABC, Jim Gardner. That's a good one. Uh, I think he deserves a statue. He's very beloved. And another person who... Has a very controversial past, but uh, I, I don't think Philadelphia celebrates him enough for being from the area, going to Lower Mary, and being Kobe Bryant. I'd love to see a statue of him outside the high school. Oh, that's a little controversial. Yeah, given, yeah, uh, yeah, during, can yeah. you do that now at the high school? Well, era? the thing is, Kobe, now, like, looking at his legacy, he, he had a controversial past, uh, but he definitely turned things around, uh, ended on a very high note, um, and lost his life in a tragedy. Yeah, I, I mean, it should be looked at. I think he should be remembered in a positive manner, you know? All right. Uh, I don't think there's a statue to Smoking Joe Frazier that I know of. There's something in his gym there, but I'm not sure if there's a statue to him. So I'd like to see more statues rather than taking statues down. All right, 855-839-1210. Uh, you get a line. Hit us with that. A statue you'd like to see in this area. It may even be here if you, you know, and if you say, oh, I'd like that one. You didn't even know it was here. That's okay. They all count. That's what we're looking for today. Have some fun with this. Could be a national figure. Of course, you know, we don't take religious ones. We don't take President Trump uh, for obvious reasons. You know, we're not going to go back and forth over that. It's a fun thing. Think of somebody a little bit outside the box that you think is worthy of that. And you'd like to be able to go by that and see it, you know, on a pretty daily basis. Tom Giordano's show, two notable uh, days of death or birth. Um, David Bowie, I saw an AI uh, image of him at the age of 77. He would have been. He died on this day. And 
born on this day, and the guy only died when he was 30 in a plane crash. One of my favorite guys of a limited library, Jim Croce, Upper Darby, ah. was born on this day. That guy would have been one of the all-time greats. I mean, he's one of those guys, you still put him in the Hall of Fame, even though he was only 30 when he died. Just hit after hit after hit, and I think, uh, you know, a, a more subtle than just Bad, Bad Leroy, Leroy Brown. There were several songs that were much more above that and much more subtle. So, happy birthday to Jim Croce. 855-839-1210. You get a line. All right, coming to your calls. The uh, king of hair yesterday did not give any hair tips or salutes to Miss Kim, but he did say some interesting things in his state of the state. He now says he wants phonics to be the way to be taught in New Jersey schools in order to get out of the abysmal reading scores. Well, why did he ever go away from phonics? I mean, how many times have we had this uh, type of discussion that phonics works? It always has worked. They didn't like it. Anything with memorization, anything of that sort, progressives don't want that in schools. The other thing that the King of Hair yesterday dwelled on is he wants 16-year-olds to have the right to vote. Now, this would be um, in various elections across New Jersey. Now we're down to 16. Why are Democrats do You know exactly why they know this is their vote. That's what they're counting on. Now let's take it down to 16. Why not 15, 14? What number is too low? 16 now to be voting. So just think if you're in Jersey, your vote versus a 16-year-old. Think of the things that can be promised around that as if they already don't have a stranglehold. The other thing is, when they talk about fully funded abortions, he talked about this yesterday, this does not mean just the abortion. They mean out-of-pocket expenses. So if you're in Jersey now, Murphy wants you, if you're pro-life, you don't want to be in my You can have your abortion or we shouldn't be paying for it. Not only fully funded abortions, but out-of-pocket expenses. Now, you know, when they're talking about out-of-pocket expenses, they don't really mean what you think, you know, a pack of gum or something. As I understand, it could be housing during that. It could be flying in here to get an abortion. They take no prisoners when it comes to this. Out-of-pocket expenses now. Yep, you got to pay me to come here and get an abortion in New Jersey. Voted on by 16-year-olds. And those 16-year-olds were not taught by phonics, so they can't read. We have it here all in one state of the state. And, you know, um, Larry Krasner, Dan, has a tendency with this. If I were giving a state of the state, now we ridicule him all the time, how Krasner surrounds himself sometimes for an hour or more with people as if he's a North Korean dictator and they have to stand on their spot. Murphy has these two, and the one guy was enormous, fit and polished New Jersey cops with a hand behind the back standing like, how dare you, you can't challenge this. If I'm a governor, I'm not standing there with two law enforcement like that. Why? Well, why have them standing in front of you? What message does that send? The power of the office of the governor? 
The one guy is enormous. I wouldn't say he's your height, Dan, but he's about 6'3", 6'4", 250, and in shape. And it looks like he's uh, Malata blocking for uh, Jalen Hurts <laughs> as the governor prattles on about 16-year-olds voting and fully funding abortions without a pocket cost and everything else. Uh, we're going to talk uh, next with um, Athen K. And uh, we'll get the full pronunciation. I'll try to my best not to. Kutia uh, Rumbus. All right. That counts as uh, fr- further notice. Uh, the guy is just unbelievable on Twitter. He's been with us many times before talking about mail-in balloting. Want to ask about that. But also, yesterday he put up in Pennsylvania where we are and what people are saying about the American dream in Pennsylvania. How far away it seems for them and particularly for their kids or grandkids. But I'm not convinced Republicans are getting the message that I said banging on the table the other day. I want Pennsylvania. Guess where Joe Biden's going to be on Friday? Joe Biden is going to be in Allentown on Friday. For what? To come here and tout Bidenomics. Already, we're just about into the end of the second week of the year. Biden here for the second visit in immediate southeastern Pennsylvania. He gets it. He's got it in his head. I'm going to win Pennsylvania, which means I win the presidency. You have to have it in your head. At all costs, we're going to win Pennsylvania. Does it strike you that the Republicans on the ground here have that in their head? At all costs, we're going to win Pennsylvania? Doesn't strike me, not in the slightest. All right, we'll give you some info on that and then start to take your calls. Who do you think? should have a statue to them here in Philadelphia. From any walk of life, anything you want. They don't have to be a native Philadelphian. You know, that probably helps. But something related, they're worthy of a statue. It's coming off William Penn this week. When it's as easy, it's closing uh, Nothing bigger subject in talk radio in our minds than the American dream. And Ethan K. Uh, yesterday, Ethan K. on <laughs> what? Oh, my goodness. Athen on uh, his Twitter during the show, I'm watching this, how he breaks down exactly what people are talking about across Pennsylvania, how it relates to the American dream, and how all these things connect for any Republican willing to tap into them. Let's go to Athen here on uh, Talk Radio 1210. Where is my... Thank you, Dan. Hey, Athen, good afternoon. Great uh, stuff that you put up on Twitter. Why did you kind of swerve into this talk, Pennsylvania, of the American dream? Yeah, Dom, number one, it's great to be back, and someday we'll figure out how to pronounce my name together. (laughs) We'll we'll get there, hand in hand. But uh, nonetheless, what got me down this rabbit hole was a story that nobody is talking about, and the story is that President Trump is leading in the polls in Pennsylvania. Uh, Real Clear Politics does an average, and they do it every election cycle of what's happening in Pennsylvania with the publicly available polls. And the reason it's so shocking that President Trump is leading these public polls is because in 2016, there were 58 public polls. Donald Trump only led in three of those polls in Pennsylvania, and none of them were consecutive. In 2020, There were 84 public polls released in Pennsylvania. President Trump only led in five of them, and he never led in consecutive polls. Now, come to today, 2024, 
There have been 19 public polls. President Trump has led in 11 of them, which means he's leading in more than half of these public polls. And it gets even crazier. There have now been three times where he's led in three consecutive polls. Nobody's talking about this story. And I kind of wanted to drill down into why are people now publicly saying they support Donald Trump despite all of the mainstream media pressure against them? And I think it comes down to the American dream. And I'll, I'll give you a little anecdote here. So as we've talked about a million times, I coach my son's CYO basketball team. Thursday night practices finish at 6.30, and my, my kid's hungry, I'm hungry. We need something quick and something cheap. We pull up to McDonald's a couple weeks ago. My kid wanted a 10-piece McNugget meal, and I wanted a quarter pounder. Dom, the price tag on that was $24. And I diplomatically told the poor kid behind the intercom, please cancel the order. I, I'm, not doing, I'm not doing $24 for, for a quick meal at McDonald's. And I'm, I'm a middle-class guy with a wife and two kids. And if McDonald's has priced me out, of being a quick meal on a Thursday night with my kid after practice. Who are they then going after? McDonald's has the smartest economist on earth working for them. And if they've decided that Athen Kutsarumbas and his family aren't their target customer, the middle-class suburban guys, who are they going after? And I think it's really, really unsettling for people when, again, you know, growing up, McDonald's was a what wasn't a frequent occurrence that, that was a that was a bribe for being good that day whatever it might be right but today things have changed people eat out all the time uh, you know three to four times a week eating out isn't a big deal but if two people go to mcdonald's and are experiencing sticker shock it is really unsettling and it makes people question what is the american dream all about the wall street journal did a poll a couple of weeks ago and the, they asked the question of, do you believe the American dream exists? At an all-time high, nearly 20% of Americans believe that there never was such a thing as the American dream. And the plurality of people who answered in the poll said the American dream used to be a thing, but it's not a thing anymore. They, another poll asked the subsequent question is, do you think your kids' lives are going to be better than yours? The poll has been taken since the late 80s. An all-time high of Americans, nearly 70% of Americans, have no faith that their kids are going to do better than them. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, it's kind of like you're flying an airplane. You can see that the airplane's flying. You're in the sky. But you're looking at all the instruments in the airplane, and none of them are adding up. So, for example, Pennsylvania today has the lowest unemployment we've ever seen. In fact, since Nixon got America off the gold standard, unemployment hasn't been this low. There are about 225,000 Pennsylvanians looking for work, again, all-time low, and there's 370,000 jobs open. So presuming the skills match, any Pennsylvanian who wants a job can work. So why is there this anxiety over the economy? You take it even further. There are now 15% more Pennsylvanians enrolled in welfare. It's about 2 million Pennsylvanians out of 12 million are mm -hmm. now enrolled in welfare. But the cost of SNAP benefits have skyrocketed 75%. So it's another one of those head scratchers. How is it possible that 
We're now at an all-time high of welfare benefits. It's 15% higher than the past, but it costs almost double than what it cost last year to implement. You then have another stat here. The minimum wage in Pennsylvania is 725. But the actual minimum wage, actual minimum wage average at McDonald's in Pennsylvania is $14 an hour. So the actual amount of money people are getting paid is twice as much as the minimum wage. And then Pennsylvanians who make things have never been paid more. But then you've got this other factor out there saying that Pennsylvania has had the highest grocery spikes yes. in the country. And Pennsylvania's credit card debt is the highest it has been in nearly three decades. Couple that with Pennsylvania being short 100,000 homes. You've got this cocktail of people not thinking that success is available to them because nothing is making sense. How is it possible that I'm making more money, but I can afford less? How is it possible that welfare right. benefits well, are, are at an all-time high? Let me cut it and ask, though. So why do you think, then, that Trump is only slightly ahead, at least in my sense of the polls that I take a look at, et cetera? Why is he only slightly ahead? What What is the disconnect there? Uh, I think in our polarized era and the nature of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. there just isn't a landslide margin for most statewide Republicans. But the most important thing that I want people to take away from these polls is that even though President Trump is leading, it means absolutely nothing unless Republicans are willing to commit the vote by mail. Until that changes, nothing's going to change. Let's talk about this. Look, if I had my way, you're one of the three guys and I'm taking $10 million and I'm essentially getting or 20 million. We got to win Pennsylvania. You know, every other swing state, I'm not there. I I know the importance. If we win Pennsylvania, I think we win. It's you, Scott Presler, and a couple of others I'm thinking about. And we're turning you loose on the mail-in ballot because... Where I am in Philadelphia, Vince Fennerty is the leader. I look at uh, Pappas across the state. What's your sense on a scale of 1 to 10 where Republicans are? And Dave McCormick yesterday, I think, shares my view. Uh, where are we on the mail-in ballot urgency at this point? I think with the rank-and-file activists within the party, uh, committee people, party leaders, we're, we're at a 7, we're at an 8. Whereas I would have said 18 months ago, we were at a two or three Uh, party leadership just presumed that we don't need mail-in ballots. People can just come out and vote and we'll be fine. But I think history has now demonstrated to people why that is not the correct thinking. So I think there's an urgency now to figure it out. But the challenge we have is that in 2020, and President Trump was right in 2020, he said, don't do the mail-in ballots because we've never done these things before. We don't know how they work. Just come and vote in person. But over time, as these things have been litigated, we kind of know how they work now. And I think we need the president invested in telling Pennsylvanians that you need to use uh, the mail-in ballots. And this is an issue that we've polled. And the number one thing that will get Republicans to vote by mail is if President Trump tells them that you got to do this for him to win. Take me inside. You're a strategist here, though. And, uh, you know, I've only been around Trump a couple times, once fairly extended. Is it that he just can't see how to pivot toward that? He doesn't get it? You're right. If he magically would drill down on this, come here to Pennsylvania to do it, it would open up the floodgates, I think. 
Uh, I think it's tough because Elon Musk uh, over the past couple of days has been focused on the fact that many states don't have voter ID and that most states don't require in-person voting. So when you have Elon Musk telling everybody, hey, there should be voter ID, okay, I'm for that. But I don't see how mail-in ballots get put back in the toothpaste at this point. I mean, I think until there's widespread fraud, which I haven't seen any evidence of, at least in Pennsylvania, with these mail-in ballots. But the question that you asked them is, how do we get President Trump there? And that's, uh, I think he wants to win. And I think he understands that without Pennsylvania, winning is really tough. And I think the process can be as simple as the president coming to Pennsylvania and visiting three courthouses and observing the process himself, meet with the board of elections director, understand how it works, and then to tell Pennsylvanians, look, I met with the board of elections director in these three counties. I get how it works. Am I a fan of mail-in ballots? No, I'd rather everyone just I'd, – I'd rather get every, everybody election day off and everybody just votes on one day, but mail-in ballots is the way it's going to be. I need you to enroll to vote by mail. I've seen how they do it with my own eyes, and I can tell you this is a path for Republicans to win. And then from there, I would bring the president in first week of April, and I would have it be like a conservative convention and for the president to say, I am not leaving Pennsylvania until we get this many Republicans to enroll to vote by mail. Uh, I would bring everybody. I'd bring Josh Hawley. I'd bring Jack Posobiec. I'd bring Dom Giordano. I'd bring everybody to Pennsylvania. And if it takes 24 hours to hit the goal, if it takes 36 hours to hit the goal, whatever it takes to hit that goal, the Democrats refer to it as their firewall number. In 2023, that number was 400,000 mail-in ballot applications. They knew that if they had 400,000 Democratic mail-in ballot applications, Republicans couldn't win. And they were right. Republicans need to adopt the same strategy. It needs to be what is the number of applicants Republicans need to make sure they win. And until that attitude is adopted, it's going to be a tough road. Are you writing about this stuff? Are you working with somebody on this? Because I I got to, Dan, you take over. I'm driving over there. We're going to put this (laughs) giant goal thing out. That's exactly right. And, and again, how, uh, it, it's, it's so obvious. In politics, it's often you're guessing about what's going to work. You think, your gut, your intellect, the polling. With this, we know it is. When I look at Carluccio versus the hack that beat her, I think she was down 460,000 on Election Day. It's like the Eagles starting off 10 touchdowns behind. You start to realize... You can't win, and you start to get uh, the lassitude sets in. The whole enterprise goes off the rails. It makes people think that the that the system is not fair and that the deck yes. is stacked against them. And the argument that we need to be making is that this is the process. This is the system. you got to play to win. And I think that's, uh, that's critical. And the other thing that people need to understand is that when the Democrats get half of their votes to vote by mail, they know that 87% of those applications are coming back as ballots, and they know the overwhelming majority of them are straight party, meaning for half of their likely voters, they don't have to spend a nickel, exactly. not a nickel. That's the key. It costs them less than a dollar. Now they can spend all of that money on all the other people, and that's why it feels like the Democrats have limitless money because they understand how to use their money efficiently. Whereas we're still using all of our money to try to get all of our voters to turn out, and we just can't compete. Well put. Uh, where do I, I meant that, though. Are you working with anybody right now? 
Uh, we are. Uh, we okay. are. Uh, fits and starts. Fits and starts. But your efforts to educate people is, is tremendously helpful, Don. Well, thank you again. And I love the McDonald's story. We uh, talk about that often. Uh, I'd love to put you in the ring with, I don't know if McCormick can do it, with Bob Casey Jr. when he says, well, that's corporate greed by McDonald's. That's what's doing it. That's the answer. Look, I don't, I don't blame McDonald's. McDonald's has made a decision that yeah. they want to do less volume and have higher margin. Okay, that's right. fine. That's great. It's America. They should be able to do that. I, mean, I, I was happy that this was a McDonald's drive through that didn't have those curbs that prevent you from driving out of the lot, right? So it was easy for me to to make the escape. And, and there was a hot dog place two lights down where I was able to take my son. I, I and it was $11 for five I hot want dogs. those chicken nuggets. I don't care about your economics. Where do, where do we, he was totally cool with the hot dogs. We uh, were good. Where do we find you on, and how's the team doing, by the way? The team's doing great. Uh, we were able to uh, plow through a 2-3 zone this weekend. We didn't coach it, but they figured okay. it out pretty quickly. You know, when kids are shooting the J in yeah. fifth and sixth grade, easy to beat that zone. Yeah, I'm not a proponent of zone. It's man-to-man, and if your man scores, you're coming out. Don's that only was... strategy in basketball coaching is throw an elbow. <laughs> no, it's just a king of peace South Philly way, which always works. Really, you don't need mail-in ballots with that. Where do we find you on Twitter? Uh, A T H A N underscore K, Athen K. Athen, thank you very much. To be continued. Thank you. See you, Dom. Dan, that is as good for listeners right now for me and probably for you of a breakdown of things. And why couldn't Trump? Cut? I love that idea. Coming here, and we're not leaving, you know, Dan, with various conservative influencers, celebrities, whatever, right? Until we have X number of people that have applied for mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania. I don't know if it would be 100,000, 200,000, something like that. I don't even know if Scott Presler is talking about that. You hear, we're bringing you the people that actually could win. How are we in a world... Where guys like this are not the ones driving the ship. And I got guys like Vince Fennerty here in Philadelphia. Sitting, sitting in a bar writing stuff on a napkin now, probably. 855-839-1210, you get in. Vince, write down the phone number. Give us a call. 855-839-1210. That's how you get in on Talk Radio 1210. Tom Giordano's show. Boy, that's such a smart idea. President Trump coming here, going to three major courthouses, seeing the mail-in process. It gives him room to pivot. And then kind of like a telethon. We're not leaving here. You know, with conservative influencers until we have X number of people that have gotten their register for mail-in ballot. And you heard the stats, what happens, how many turn around, how the whole process works. And we don't want to be sitting there on Election Day saying, what the heck happened again? They cheated and all that. No, no, no. There's that in Philadelphia. We know that. But it's also this process that's so doable. Let's do it. All right, our side question today, who deserves a statue in Philadelphia? Don't have to be a Philadelphia person, but somebody worthy of a statue. Here's one outside the box. Harold's in Southampton. All right, Harold, who gets your statue? Hey, Mr. Donald, I think I gave the wrong name, actually. I meant to say John Street. He was the mayor, right? John yeah, John Street, Street yes. So, so I think his predecessor uh, was, I think at one point, Wilson Good. So it's a toss-up between those two. Because they're the two guys that really set the tone for where the city is today. Uh, and I'll say one other thing, Don. When you the, the, think of the grade school and the high school that you went to. I was born in 1960. 
And I will tell you that the grade school and the high school that I went to, that the demographics of those schools is 100% different yes. than when I went. Okay? And that's just where this world is. And, and people in their 30s and younger, they don't know what existed prior. And people our age are like, the, they say, slowly boiling the frog. We just, when you think back to what the world was, it, it's so different. Well, that's an interesting choice, a choice, though, of uh, John Street. I well, didn't think we'd get the point is it's the reality. It's the reality yeah. of what Philadelphia is now. You know, I, I laugh when I hear them say their, their slogan is yo. There's no yo in Philly. Who's saying yo in Philly? That's exactly. No, no. Well, well, in South Philly, though, but yo was <laughs> only South said. Philly. For, yeah, well, no, it was okay. only said for one thing. Yo, get off my car. It was never said as yo like in Rocky. It doesn't work that way. Well, no, but they use, Philadelphia uses it as their slogan and their advertising. I know, I know. It's ridiculous. It makes ridiculous. no sense because Philadelphia has nothing to do with yo. There's a segment <laughs> of South Philly, but my point to the demographics is that's long gone. That's I got gotcha, you, Harold. John Street, Dan, out of the box here. A statue to Mary Street. Or Wilson Good. I wasn't, wasn't uh, expecting I that answer I can't go today. with Wilson Good so no, much no. unless we have a flame coming out of it or something. You know, we have a we have a helicopter. Look up on a propane top. tank to the mouth, yeah, a propane, you know? a propane tank. There, a helicopter on the top that's smoking. Yeah, smoking uh, Wilson Good. All right, uh, coming up. Remember uh, this comedian who got bounced from uh, HYY? Well, a court settled yesterday and said he's funny, and that's a defense against all the things that were leveled against him. But we'll take your calls. Who deserves a statue? Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till three. From Talk Radio 1210, WPHD.